Hello, Mothers of Mayhem. This is Dawn from Dancy Publishing, and I just wanted to say how much I love your podcast, how much I love you both, and yeah, you both rock. Your podcast rocks. I love the whole thing. I love everything you're doing. Everything is wonderful. So, I just wanted to say how much I love you, how much DNT loves you, and well, I mean, I love you, so that's the most important part. So, there's that. Okay, bye. And if you really want to threaten Damn me, demon, right now. you really want to come at me, demon man, yeah. then you're going to be like, for every minute I spend in that Dybbuk box, Zach Baggins. <laughs> Zach I, Baggins is your best friend. That's Gets gets ten more live specials on the every time. Channel. Every time, for every minute I spend in that box, I will transform another of your loved ones into Zach Baggins. So That's sick. Dare you are wow. okay. Oh my God. a joke and death is the punch I Mother's a mayhem Oh yeah we're doing this thing we're doing a podcast oh, yeah. thing Beep oh, beep Bleepity bleepity bleep 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 kids Welcome to Mother's Mayhem An extreme horror podcast that's as good as this entire episode it's gonna guess get Wow! Yep. Already on a great. There you go. Doing there great. you go. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's all going to be downhill now for Morrison. It's just yeah. going to be like, you know. Yeah, I mean, we told you this is as good as it's good. You know, like right now, it's something like seven o'clock in the morning for Christina. So she's thrilled, both legitimately and sarcastically, <laughs> because this week. We are talking to author, game designer, ancient demon, and owner of Madness Heart Press, John Baltusberger. I'm, I'm sorry. Boop, 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 boop. I might be sleep deprived. But did you say demon? Ancient demon? Um, yes, Christina. As a matter of fact, I most certainly did. Does... Um, ancient demon not fit the bullshit narrative you're about to feed our listeners when you give them john's bio you know it's funny because i i went to his goodreads account and i went to his actual like you know website and i didn't see this is there like a link that you found or well you know i know things and mm-hmm. i cannot really mm-hmm. divulge how I learn the things I know, but I do know them. And I think it is important for you to now know that John Baltusberger's true form is actually a powerful ancient demon named Blelvis. Blelvis. Okay. Yeah. After several centuries of uh, successfully being a brutal spiritual scourge across Eastern Europe, he was imprisoned mm. within a Dybbuk box 
for another Obviously. several hundred years until he was purchased on eBay and then released from that Dybbuk box prison yeah, okay. um, by Maximum Douche Zach Baggins during a Ghost Adventures live special event on the Discovery Channel in 2008. And um, if you're going to tell me that you didn't see that episode, then I don't know what to tell you because I'm pretty sure everybody else did. Also, if you don't think Zach Baggins is a douche canoe, you're wrong. Okay, two questions. Two questions. Number one, can we drug drop you? Because I feel like there's something going on here. (laughs) Number two, (laughs) number two, who the fuck is Zach Baggins? Zach Baggins? You don't know who Zach Baggins is? I do not know. Okay, well, you're lucky because Zach Baggins is the host of Discovery Channel television show Ghost Adventures, and Mm. he also looks like a human punch. Is he the one with the glasses? Yes. black hair and he spikes it? Yes, yes. He has the black hair and he spikes it and his clothes are tacky and I hate him. I think I think he's fantastic. That's weird. Christina, Zach Baggins, Zach Baggins is literally an anthropomorphic shark. I did not even know. I, I hate his name. I mean, I hate his last name. Zach I hate just everything sounds about douchey. him. I hate everything about him. Oh, now I, it is my goal in life to get you an autograph. Shut up. Yeah, I'm gonna get I will, it. I will. <laughs> I will keep it. First, I was gonna say I will burn it, but I will <laughs> not burn it. I will take it and then write under his autograph. I will write "fuck you, Zach Baggins, love Marion." <laughs> send it right back to him. Send it back. <laughs> nice. nice. Okay, so you know, if everybody's gonna send me dildos, we all need to send Marion rando. <laughs> pictures of Zach Baggins oh because my God, I hate him so much. I hate him so much. I'm sorry if any of y'all out there are like Zach Baggins stands, but I am most definitely not. And one of my dreams in life is to uh drink a margarita while simultaneously punching Zach Baggins in his stupid punchable face. She's giving me this is she's giving me something that I'm we refer processing. to in in uh active listening skill education. We refer to that as attentive silence. <laughs> I feel like I need to give you the room right now because you need to work some shit out. It's when you use awkward silence to make the other person continue talking in order to explain themselves. That's passive. I didn't even know that. I just do that as passive aggressiveness. It's actually a way to get people to talk more. So you might want to rethink that strategy. Yeah, I don't want people talking. I don't like when people talk. I don't know how I can ah, go with this. Ha, 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 that's funny because we we do a podcast. No. <laughs> well, you know, I told you all of the things that I happen to know about John Baltisberger. I'm curious to know what it is that you were going to tell these oh, yeah. fine people. My lies. All yeah, my lies. Yeah, yeah. So speak your lies, Wedge. Content. Right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> trigger content. Spoilers. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. You know, it's the same thing. Actually, we have a new definition today. What I is it? Kiwi's Playhouse. You know, it's called speculative fiction. So every time we say speculative fiction, y'all better scream. And if you Ah! don't scream, ah! we'll know. We will know. Yeah, we'll know. So this fiction is encompassing genres with elements that do not exist in reality, um, recorded history, nature, or present universe. Beautiful. Isn't that fascinating? Yes. Yeah, that's a fun one. And Baltusberger is so good at it. It's almost bordering on Bizarro, but yes. not quite yes. as absurd. Yes, very much less absurd. So let's talk about Mr. Baltusberger for a moment. Mm-hmm. He does speculative fiction, uh-huh. um, yeah. genre fiction, often, um, often, often focusing on Jewish elements. Mm. Um, okay, yes, that tracks. He does extreme horror, urban fantasy, science fiction, cosmic mm-hmm. horror, epic verse, and even mindful mm-hmm. meditation. Yep. yep, this is very true. Sarah's wants, Sarah's wants to do some mindful meditation. Right. No, she wants to watch yeah. Bluey. Give me one minute. Okay. I don't blame her. Mm-hmm. I fucking love Bluey. Okay, so we can we can definitely talk about Bluey because I'm okay. So on the day that I punch Zach Baggins in the face, I will be dressed um as Bluey and drinking a margarita. Love it, and I will yell "fuck you, Telemachus," and I'll punch him right in the face. Who's Telemachus? Telemachus is the name that Bluey's dad likes to use when he plays their patient. God, do you not watch this show? I watched a couple episodes and it was really funny. And I was like, okay. I'm yeah, cool with it's this show. fantastic. I slipped on my beans. All right, continue. Talk about Baltusberger. Continue the lies. He also has a podcast called Wandering Monster. Oh, yeah. He does fuck, every I once in a while. I forgot about that. Yep. I, I try to watch him every once in a while because he'll play video games. And I like watching people play video games because now we're looking at Marion's boobs. My um, ADHD is like on fire. So um, what is it again? Jesus Christ, my brain. Uh, wandering monster. Wandering monster. So people, while I have it in my main mind, because I will forget, I am not medicated for my attention deficit hyperactivity disorder. So wandering minds um, currently on our YouTube channel, where most of you probably are right now, if you're not streaming this in your cars, um, we, I am building playlists of podcast episodes from our favorite friends. So I will be adding uh, I will be adding Blelvis's Blel- Blelvis's podcast. Can you please fix the remote? Um, yes. Continue I lo- while I, I love fix this. the remote. Um, some of the authors under Mad Heart- Bandas Heart Press, um, he- they just signed one of our best friends, mm-hmm. Rain Havoc. Oh yeah! Seriously, I'm excited about That's that. Awesome. And then um, Edward Lee. Uh, yeah. Lucas Mangrum, Mangrum, Mangrum? Sean, Sean McKenzie, mm-hmm. Kristen Morgan, yeah. Christine Morgan. Sorry, Christine, Christine Morgan. I love. Her. I'm not, I'm half asleep. People, I'm like, yeah, no, we believe. are on fire. Oh, fire! Uh, <laughs> Nate Robinson. Oh, 
and Jay Wilburn. And those are just, yeah. a few, just, just like a few of them. And then they actually um, have, and I'm going to mispronounce this. So I'm going to actually have John pronounce it for us. Hush. Uh, is it Agata? Agata? I, I'm going to say Agata. I'm going to have him pronounce it. Try it. And it's Jewish stories written by Jewish authors. And that's the whole thing that they do. And then um, he also has the, and I don't have the name of it. And now I look like an idiot, but um, they have a tabletop RPG section coming in theirs. It's okay. Our, both of our kids are acting crazy today. It's all right. You know what? Mothers of mayhem. We're not yes! the mothers of perfection. Yes, so suck it if you true. don't like it. Yep. That's true. <laughs> I mean, if you're looking for a professional podcast, y'all need to fuck off because that is not this one. <laughs> yeah, no, we don't we don't do that. We don't. And we don't speaking like that, of either. that, did you just hear this bio that she gave you? She didn't even give you anything personal about that, man. So um that was a fascinating bit of revisionist history on your part, <laughs> Christina. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I do try. I do try. I give it the I give it the old college try. So, you know, while I go turn on Bluey, do you want to tell people what you've been reading? Oh. <gasps> First, I want to talk about my favorite Baltusburger book. Oh, tell me. My favorite Baltusburger books are from his Godless League series, The Crimes mm. and Passions of John Staberger. And that's because John Staberger can make knives out of his body. And I am both deeply envious and full of admiration for this character because I wish I could make knives out of my body. And if Don't I could make knives like out of my body, do you know who the first I person is that I would go find? Zach Baggins. Maybe. <laughs> Zach, Zach Baggins, I, I feel very sorry for you. I'm sorry, Chris. I will find him and I will use my knife hands. Other than this, what I have been reading was The Poisoned Ink by Matt Shaw, which was I did too. Awesome. Well, here's the funny thing, you guys. I talked about this in my TikTok, but I got The Poisoned Ink by Matt Shaw, which is really awesome because it's handwritten in the style of the journals of a serial killer. But I'm like, 33% of the way through this book and all of the sudden blah blam Christina Pfeiffer's name pops up and I was like what the fuck what, what, what is happening so immediately I go and I message Christina and I'm like Christina did you know that you're in Matt Shaw's new book and she's like huh and I was like Christina you're in Matt Shaw's new book your name is right here and she's like what <laughs> Tell the people what you did, Christina. I don't even know what I did, but he pushed me down a flight of stairs. He did. He did in the book. But he, he said I have a dainty neck and little does he know that I'm like a fat kid. So it's going to take a lot more than that to probably kill me. So unfortunately. What she, did she donated to the Indiegogo campaign to get this book made and then completely so forgot about it. I'm so Totally forgot about it. She was like, oh, yeah, Matt Shaw's a thing. I was like, I oh. think I have a signed copy. Oh. And I do. Yeah. 
because honestly guys like you know when somebody's like hey I'm doing this I'm like okay you know because it's usually a really good price so I'm like yes I will get in on this and then I get it and then I'm just like play with the rest of them it's like I have dead body on my shelves but they're books I just forget about them I just sorry <laughs> that's okay stop one minute Okay, I'm bored now. Let's talk to Blelvis. All right, fine. fine. I'll talk about my books on the next podcast. I thought you said that you wrote, you read The Poisoning too. I, I've read a lot. Well, okay, tell us more. <laughs> the only, the only one that I'm going to talk about in this one because we have another one tomorrow, another podcast tomorrow. Oh yeah, that's true. Um, is Filthy Marauders by Bob Freeville. The one who wrote the guy who wrote um, the dumb and the proud or the yeah. proud and the dumb. This one is like your quintessential absolute crazy ride, literally and figuratively, because these guys are motorcycle club. Um, my favorite part, and I'm not giving anything away, is this woman um, jumps on like an oversized chicken with her vagina, and I feel like that is enough that you should read it because it's splatterpunk and bizarro. <laughs> Oh my God. What's it called again? It is called the filthy marauders. The, the filthy marauders. Oh yeah. And it comes out this month. Oh, was I think it comes out on the that you got? Mm-hmm. Uh, K-Trap Jones <gasps> and Bob Freeville. Let me have it. Oh, okay. When yeah. it comes and out, like, remind me that I need to get it. Because I have money because I'm fucking poor ass bitch. <laughs> In a minute, right? I am. Um, they had sent it to me and I was like, Hey guys, I'm probably Send not going to get to it. <laughs> I'm probably not going to get to it before, you know, it comes out because I've got like 10 right now. And I was, I don't know why, but I picked it up and I was just, you know, I was reading the first like page and I was like, whoop, nope. And I finished it and sent the review in less than 36 hours. I was like, no guys. That's fantastic. Is it, isn't it funny the way some of them catch us off guard? Like we get all of these arcs constantly from people who are just so generously sending them to us with this expectation that we'll actually read them, which is hilarious. But um, occasionally you get one and you're like, oh man, this actually really does look interesting. I'm just going to have to throw it in the pile, but then your brain can't let it go. So you go back and you read it anyway. And you're like, oh my God, what else am I missing? Because I'm such a dumpster fire of a human. Because if you guys haven't read it, the proud and the dumb, like what the hell? And then I also read, um, dead blood book two by Jay Bauer. Oh, the zombie who's She's stuck like, in a world with vampires and humans. She just chef kissed all over herself. I did. I did because it is perfection. It's like all of my favorite tropes in one. Oh, you know who's going to freaking love that? Dawn Shay. She knows. She, she's, she's I was going to say up. she's in the zombie, the zombie fan club with us. Hell yeah. Zombies. Hell yeah, Dawn. If you don't stop. We all fucking love zombies. That's why I got a fucking zombie babe tattooed on my arm. Bitches. There you go. There you go. <laughs> so oh, yes, we are um, in a zombie day. Right now, aren't we? I right. You know what? We probably everybody says that, but I know. It, Give me all the zombies. Come books. in phases. They'll be back. They'll be back. You know, going back to this whole discussion about arcs, like I always never want people to stop sending me arcs. 
ever, please just send me your art. I will always do my best to get around to them. But my sweet friend, Ash Eric Moore is so fed up with my inability to keep up with arcs. He's not even like telling me when he puts books out anymore. He's not sending me nothing. I just been left in the dust. I can't help it. I can't help it that my life is insane. I'm, I, but like you, you get Matt Shaw's. And that's oh, yeah, awesome. That's true. Yeah, I got to See? beta for Matt Shaw. So that was cool. So that was awesome. Maybe I got to beta cool. through that oh. one twice. So that was definitely an honor. We definitely we need to get him on next season. I don't think we've asked him yet because we were afraid he would say no. But hopefully he hasn't been listening to this and we'll make a stupid decision the way Morrison did and we'll just be like, sure. <laughs> I haven't listened to you guys. And then I, we're like, yes, we have a Yes! <laughs> we've still got we still got ground to work on. <laughs> Fingers crossed. So yes, pick up the poison by the poisoned ink by Matt Shaw. Filthy Marauders coming from Bob Freeville and Dead Blood 2 by Mr. J. Bauer. And if you're from Southern Illinois, Carbondale is in it a lot and it's got zombies, which means brain dead people. And let me tell you, as I went to Carbondale and know Carbondale very well, there are a lot of brain dead motherfuckers there. So, so it all makes yes. sense. It's very realistic. I feel like it's, I'm watching a documentary oh, that's while nice. I'm reading. I like it. Dummies. That's perfect. Can you tell I don't like Carbondale? <laughs> uh, can you tell I don't like Zach Baggins? What if we put Zach Baggins in Carbondale? And then I can dress up in my bluey outfit, grab my margaritas and go punch him in the face. And I can. And again, if any of you Zach Baggins stands try to get in my way, I swear to God, I will, she will mow you down. She don't murder even your ass. We had to cut off our intro because I was um, I was making like very acute threats against the physical safety of some Baggins. We're gonna eventually have like a restraining order, I guess, from Zach Baggins. I spent the last hour and a half tearing my house apart looking for my earbuds so I could record this. They were underneath my COVID nineteen home test instructions. So. <gasps> Did you just test for the vid? Oh, uh, I toasted. I tested yesterday. I'm. I'm fine. I'm. I'm not fine. I mean, I'm fine, but I'm not <laughs> fine. But I don't have COVID. There's a whole hallelujah. Whole roster Ooh. of shit going on. Well, test again in a couple days, just in case. I will not. Your friendly neighborhood RN just encourage you to do. You're like, it's negative. It's negative only, for the rest only, of my oh, life. Yeah, only if they let me test on a plane. Uh, oh no. Okay. Yeah. No. We'll just pretend everything's fine. Everything's I'm gonna sneeze fine. everywhere too. Uh. Like everything. <laughs> yeah. Just randomly like people's faces. I'm gonna, sne- I'm gonna sneeze on my hand and just slap people. Oh, I love it. I love it. So hi. Hello. Hi. My friends, my children, this handsome ancient demon that we have here with us right now. This is John Baltusberger. It's me. Woo! And we are thrilled to have him. John, here's how the thing goes. I don't know if you've listened to the show before. If you haven't, good job. Good yeah. job. Um, but also bad choice of showing up here today. Uh, what we do. <laughs> 
is we go back and forth and we hit you with some rad questions. Then we probably will take a little break, give Godless a little shout out, and then we come back and we hit you with some more. Okay. So uh, before we do that, you want to introduce yourself to the people? Just tell them a little bit about yourself. You'll probably do a better job than we did, because I told them you were an ancient demon that was released from a Dybbuk box by Zach Baggins during a live airing of Ghost Adventures. That's that is that is not that is 100% completely accurate. That's not completely accurate. I said Um, that it's only 95%. Yeah, uh, they weren't filming, uh, they actually stopped filming Ghost Adventures a while back. They just they just follow him around with an empty camera, there's no film in there. That motherfucker. Because, hey, look at me. Look at me. Look at me. Do you think I would want to possess someone that looks like Zach and acts like Zach Baggins? No, no, no. That motherfucker, no. That motherfucker no, gets possessed every episode. Yeah, right. No, see, you got out of the Dybbuk box and you took one look at Baggins and you were like, fuck this. <laughs> I thought it was left. a refilming of uh, Lord of the Rings. I was like, this is not. <laughs> This is not the Hobbit I signed up for, actually. <laughs> this is not the one. Um, okay, so me. I am... My name's John Baldisberger. I am a horror author. I am also a bizarro author and an urban fantasy author. And like, I write stuff. Uh, I'm also the, um, the publishing editor of Madness Heart Press, the creative director of Madness Heart Games, and the head editor of A Gotta Try It. Uh, I am part of the creative core team on Godless, and uh, I do I do a lot of other stuff. Uh, I'm part of the KillerCon committee, so I do a lot of shit and a lot of stuff for a lot of people. Yeah, you uh, as I, I mentioned sooner. before, we hit record. I'm the Tom Nook of uh, of indie horror because my grubby little fingers are on every little hole I can find. <laughs> the only thing he doesn't do is force people into crushing debt. And then make them work as his little adorable. Uh, no, I kind of do the slaves. opposite. <laughs> Where I put myself into crushing debt and then force other people to work to get me out of it. So basically, you are Tom Nook's Bizarro. Yeah, yeah, I'm Bizarro Tom Nook. Oh, see, Baltusburger is fancy. <laughs> um, Christina! Yeah. So I am looking up Tom Nook because I don't know what the fuck is going on. He's a How raccoon. Yeah. He is a okay. raccoon real estate tycoon. Okay, yeah, I see. He's it. actually a tanuki. That's, he is. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, Fictional they have giant. Character. They have giant testicles. Yes. So, just so hides if you're like me short. and have no clue what's going on in the world with. Uh, Tom Nook. He's a fictional character in Animal Crossing fictional. who operates the vigil. Yeah, yeah. yeah he's right? a, at this point he's a thought form. He is very real. Um, <laughs> I've never heard of this. I've ne- so Tom Nook is Tom Nook is the driving force behind the uh, Animal Crossing franchise. He's always been there. He's yeah. basically he is basically the mechanic that the game uses to be like, hey, you've upgrade, you've done this, so now you can upgrade to the next level. But the way they right. do that okay. is through real estate and he's a real estate agent and so like you move to a new island great and then it's like okay yeah here's the deal it ain't free yeah without tom nook my topaz bay would have no economy to speak of Mm -hmm. 
I have never played Animal Crossing, so it's really it's not cathartic, but it's really zen. Oh my god, yeah, that's my favorite thing in the whole world. Uh, that's Marion's surprise face right now. <laughs> oh, uh, when when the when the uh, when the when the uh, 2016 no 2020 hit when the 2020 hit, um, Animal Crossing dropped. And mm-hmm. uh, I bought it for my daughter ASAP, but I was like, okay, I need to have my own Nintendo Switch. Right. So I started looking for the uh, the the hand one, the light. Um, <clears throat> but because so many people were getting into Animal Crossing at once, finding Animal Crossing or a Switch light was near impossible. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. I knew that. I was, was glad I already had one at that point. I bought it several months in advance in preparation. Yeah, because we were looking for one because Michael deployed in uh, 2020. And so he was like, I want to get a switch so I have something to do in quarantine because they had to do quarantine for 14 mm-hmm. days. Come to find out he had actually do for 30 days. Ha ha ha, sucker. In Kuwait, no less. <laughs> um, in the middle of summer. That probably so, smells real bad, actually. Oh he was so miserable and i'm over here like hey, hey, hey. and i'm like no i'm why am i he he heing? i'm in the middle of covid with two kids by myself yeah. um, <laughs> like wait a second he gets to read all the time but it was i remember it was really difficult for him to find one too because we thought yeah. we were gonna have to ship it that, we, that's we surprising i I'm, I'm surprised that kuwait didn't have a surplus of nintendos right well, um, he actually got it before he went, thank God. Because, yeah, Kuwait, you know, you have to, I don't know what's going on over there. I, uh, I, you know, it's a, it's a, it is a modern country, albeit uh, maybe not uh, part of the first world grouping. Right. But I'm betting that, like, importing Nintendos aren't super high on their priority list. Right. At the, at right, the moment. You know. Right. Oh. <clears throat> uh, so luckily, you know, when when Animal Crossing New Horizons dropped, I legit racked up like 872 gameplay hours in two and a half months. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> See, I I don't have very good hand eye coordination, so I can't you don't, play video you don't, games. You don't need hand eye coordination. Oh yeah, no. Is this no. like a Spyro type of deal? No. Is it so? Sensing? Here's what you do. Why? Hey, hey. Is Nintendo a sponsor for you no. guys? No, no, because no. I'm not getting we a have penny. No yeah, fuck you. I'm Nintendo. not getting a penny for talking about fucking Tom Nook right fuck now. Fuck Nintendo. Fuck Nintendo. Give me more uh, updates to Animal Crossing, you bastards. <laughs> so Baltusburger. Yes. I totally had this. This is the whole vibe awesome. today, Christina. Oh. Let's yes. ask him a question related to his actual job that he does. <laughs> but I mean, other than driving the economy <laughs> of a, a, a digital island. <laughs> so our questions really have no rhyme or reason. It's just rando questions that we want to ask. So, yeah. Let's so see. that's how it goes. This one. Yeah. That, that I is love a book. it. Right? That love is it. a book. You work with Edward Lee on this one. Yes. Um, and several other Czechoslovakian authors in the mm-hmm. anthology. 
how did this collection come to be? So, so first of all, for those of you who aren't watching on YouTube, the book is called Check Extreme. And it is fucking amazing. Fucking amazing. <laughs> so, Carry on, sir. So first, let me say, at KillerCon 2019, uh, I, was, I was a vendor, right? I hadn't met anyone. We had, I want to say, three books out at that point, mm-hmm. maybe four. Um, I go <clears throat> and I'm at a panel and I'm listening to a panel about um, sex in horror. Ooh. And it, uh, that panel had Christine Morgan, Rath James White, um, Edward Lee, and maybe one other person I'm, I'm blanking right now. But I took a picture of the panel while it was happening because, like, why? It, Edward when will Lee, this ever happen? Rath and <laughs> Christine Morgan, are you kidding me? Um, and after the panel, Edward Lee comes down. And he's like, oh, hey, can you text me that picture? And I was like, you it's understand that? You can continue. They're going to come in and out. The whole Carry thing. on! Just ignore them. All right. Uh, I mean, I can do this, but you do realize that at that point, I will have your phone number. <laughs> I, <laughs> I will have them. And he, and he was like, yeah, yeah, sure, yeah, go ahead. And so I texted it to him, and Susan Snyder mocked me for months for not, like, following up with him and being like, hi, Ed. And so finally I started doing that. I was like, hey, man, how's it going? How's this happening? And then in 2020, um, I was, uh, you know, 2020 and 2021, we had Digital Killer Con. And a big part of that was me manning all of the background. Um, and because of me manning all the background, I was in this unique position to um, interview and talk to the um, the J.F. Gonzalez Lifetime Achievement Award winners, which was a huge honor for me. And it never would have happened if I wasn't, you know, doing the background stuff. Um, right. And, <clears throat> and I helped Ed with a lot of stuff. Uh, and we kind of just grew a friendship from there. And then out of the blue... Uh, Ed Lee messages me. Ed Lee's terrible with technology. Like, he's just not on the internet. Unless it's looking up terrible movies or weird porn. I <laughs> and, I respect uh, all of that tracks. And yeah. he messaged me. He's like, hey, are you still publishing? I was like, yeah. Yeah, Ed, I'm still, still doing that. Cool. Do you want to publish something from me? <laughs> <laughs> at, which, at which point I probably peed a little. <laughs> say i will publish for you but allow me to vomit first hey i i kept it very professional i like to think but i was so i was blown away um, obviously and the reason that came about is because i um jeff burke who was the editor of um deadite press uh he and deadite press parted ways back in 2018 i want to say and Jeff went on to kind of form his own thing, but that didn't work out because he just got too busy with other things, specifically like uh, the thing that started in 2016. And um, <clears throat> and so Lucas Mangum came to me to publish. Uh, Lucas Mangum came to me to publish uh, Extinction Peak. Oh yeah! And because I published Extinction Peak, Gina Rinaldi came to me to publish All Men Are Trash. Yeah. And because Jeff wasn't with Deadite anymore, Christine Morgan was like, well, I don't want to go with Deadite 
because without Jeff, they're just not the powerhouse they once were. And Jeff's not doing his thing. John, would you be interested in publishing French Mouth? Um, which, okay. like, yeah, I am. Um, and so I took that. And Christine Morgan, like, I'm good friends with Edwy. I consider him a real friend. Christine Morgan and Ed are tight. They're like besties. Yeah. And so because I was publishing Christine and I did a, we did a really good job with Christine's book, Trench Mouth. It's done really well for us. Uh, that's how everything kind of culminated. Plus, obviously, there's some Jewish themes in Czech Extreme. Sure. Uh, and Ed knows I'm Jewish. So that's that's how we came to be. Um it was a hard book to put together because he wanted it out immediately. Like he came to us with, he came to us with that in late November and he wanted it out like January 1st, essentially. Yeah, I was Which say, is I no turnaround. Like, yeah, I feel like we heard about it like yep. the beginning of December. Yep. Yeah, because I it think was, that's when the pre-orders happened. Yeah. yeah. December so 14th. he already had all of the submissions that he had chosen or did yeah, you guys had, still he, have to pick and choose? Uh, he, he did all of that part. He okay. chose everything. He had two translators who worked with those Czech authors translate it. Then uh, Christine Morgan tra- uh, edited his story. And then my editor, Lisa Lee uh, Tone, who's in my opinion, the best editor in the business, uh, went through everything line by line. And obviously like, there's some language issues. There's some stuff that we just missed because uh, two two editors and a translator, and <laughs> it just got it's messy. But we're very proud with Check Extreme and how it turned out. Oh, you out. should be. You definitely uh, should be. I came out. I, I I created that cover. I'll tell you in about five minutes, and I sent it to Ed, and I was like, "Hey, here's a concept." Uh, why don't we have the check flag, the check flag colors, but then each part of the check flag is a different kind of creepy picture. He's like, oh, that's perfect. I was like, cool, I'll send it to ours. No, just use that. (laughs) I didn't even catch that. Ed, this is is stock photography, like free, not even like expensive (laughs) stock photography. And it was like the first thing on the stock photography website. Like I need you to understand, this is, this is like, dollar store general cover art here he's like no it's perfect <laughs> you know what i don't fucking care right. <laughs> well, okay. all joking aside he basically said like i don't want to pay a cover artist more than the contributors will make oh yeah that makes sense oh, that's Absolutely. really good. which is really which cool. is a really big issue in in mm-hmm. horror is um you either have covers that suck ass or the cover artist made more than the book will probably make which is really frustrating. Mm-hmm. Um, I work with three cover artists now. Um, Luke Spooner, uh, Justin Rodriguez, and uh, the guys over at Rooster Republic. And I try not to pay more than um, one to $200 per cover unless I know that cover is just going to, or unless I know that book is just going to explode out. Um, so, you know... Cover that's, art that's, is really important, but like you, you can't pay more for the cover than you'll make. Oh yeah, which is really hard in this industry. <clears throat> See, that to me, that's sense. just and you know, total like because you know, Marion and I aren't into the whole you know, like cover art stuff and everything. 
that fascinates me that it's so expensive. Now I understand paying for people's time. Like I'm a huge advocate for paying for people's time. But like a hundred to two hundred dollars for a car. Oh yeah. He's, and that's, that's, that's <laughs> I'll tell you, I am blown away at the fact that I work with cover artists I can afford. Now I'm not going to tell you how much I pay Luke, how much I no, pay. No, no, no. No, 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 um, no, no. That's, that's confidential. But obviously. um you know, and and honestly, I use Luke and and Justin when uh, when I know the book's going to sell. Yeah, <laughs> like like I just I just I just uh, commissioned Justin to paint a cover for Shane McKenzie's "Addicted to the Dead" that she's doing in acrylic paints. Oh wow! Well, see, that that to me is different. But that but like Luke Spooner hand does all of his art too. See, okay, that. That makes there sense. are there artists and and yeah like if I if I want digital if I want a digital piece of stock imagery like cut together I will do it myself or I'll go on Fiverr but I don't want to do those kind of books anymore yeah uh, and that and that's one no of the this is this is actually really with, fascinating that's one of the benefits of going with a publisher uh, like Madness Art Press or uh, uh, DNT or you know um, Perpetual Motion Machine Publishing. Uh, is because like as an author you can easily easily spend more than you'll ever make on a book but if you get a publisher a you know someone else likes your book enough that they'll read it because a publisher is not going to accept the book that they don't think will sell two they pay for the editing three they pay for the cover four i can't lift this finger uh they pay for (laughs) uh layout and five they get it into distribution and promote it alongside you. Right. Yeah. Now, the downs like the downside is it's hard to get a publisher. It's not easy. I reject lots of books, books from friends. Um, you know, on the other hand, like maybe there are some people who shouldn't put their books out every time they write something. So my question is, and this was not on my list, but now I'm interested. Right. What, what, what is it about a piece of work that would lead you to say no? Other than, is it always uh, a structural, grammatical, just like poor editing situation? Or is it content based? Look. There are there are authors I've worked with that I don't want to work with again because editing was too much of a nightmare. Mm-hmm. But generally speaking, <clears throat> if the content is there, like I wouldn't work with me based on editing. <laughs> but I think I'm a solid storyteller. Yes, I would have to agree so, with that. So as far as here's here's the thing, I like books that are weird. Uh-huh. that are very surreal and absurdist um i'm yes. a huge fan of uh uh, uh Millick, carlton Millick the third huge fan um i'm a huge fan of uh action and ultra violence and so if i read a book and i realize that i'm like 20 or 30 percent into the book and it's like stuff hasn't happened yet oh yeah i will d- i dnf way more books than i finish Cause I get wow. bored. I get bored. so bored. I get bored so fast. And I get bored by a lot of the extreme stuff. Um, 
because like okay nymphoman or a necro necrophilia like yeah that's a shocking thing that's that's intense that's extreme but i've read it nine thousand times and if you're just if you're just throwing necrophilia in there because it's extreme like okay there was a gross out contest a few years back where every person was just doing like a poop eating based thing and it's like yeah this isn't this isn't shocking because everyone else is doing it and it's not interesting because you didn't do anything original with it right and i think that's a huge problem in our specifically community yeah where it's just like okay yeah like you wrote this thing is there a point and so i need a point i need shit to happen and i need it to be interesting yeah i love my splatterpunk i think it's it's to me and this might sound funny to me it's it's fun and fluffy <laughs> okay okay hold on i know that sounds kind of paradoxical no, no, no. Let me, but let me... it's like to me it's like my cotton candy of horror because it is just it's like riding a roller coaster it's like riding a fun roller coaster whereas when i read bizarro i'm getting some of those ultraviolet uh, influences. I'm getting the absurdity, the surrealism. I'm getting the beautiful things that I get from Splatterpunk. But I also, a lot of time, am getting a big foundation in both satire and socio-cultural so commentary, the, which is what thing. really gets my brain going. Let me cut you. Let me cut you off real quick. So in the beginning, there was Splatterpunk. Splatterpunk branched off in two directions. And I'm getting this from uh, John Skip, uh-huh. Ryan Keene, Rath James White. These yes. are the people that said, these are the founders of Splatterpunk, right? Yes. Here's what they said. It branched off in two directions. Some people, uh, not Lansdale, uh, Richard Lehman, for instance, mm-hmm. Edward Lee, were like, I don't really need to say anything. I just want to have like extreme horror and rape and poop and necro and all yes. that stuff. And that's extreme. And then the other group said, I really need to say something. And those were the punks. They went bizarro. Uh, for me personally, I consider myself a splatterpunk because my work always has social commentary. Yeah. <laughs> and so when people are like, oh, splatterpunk is just like extreme and push it, like, no, the word punk specifically means counterculture. Right. <laughs> so that I had I had to get that in there because I always. I always well, bump my head against it. You know, Actually, I no, never I really thought of it that, that way. I never thought of it that way because you commonly see splatterpunk and bizarro separated into two <laughs> completely different genres. Yeah. So, so splatterpunk doesn't usually splatterpunk doesn't usually go the absurdist route. Uh huh. That right. bizarro does. That's right. the difference between the two. That's what we were talking about. The punk rock nature of splatterpunk is alive and well in bizarro, and John Skip straight up says that the home of Spider-Punk is Bizarro. Oh, yeah. So, I totally get it. it. I love I love Bizarro. It's an amazing genre. I'm just way more violent and way less like, uh, absurdist. So I consider Mm -hmm. myself a Spider-Punk. Well, you know, Abhorrent Siren was one of my top ten reads for 2021. Um, I love the way you use zombies plus mutant axolotls <laughs> plus all of the other wild violence madness absurd surrealism of this story to address 
uh, the socio-cultural issue we have with like substance abuse, yeah. addiction, the effects addiction have on families, generational traumas, <laughs> like it all leads back to that. So I want to know more about how that book in particular came to be. Where did this come from? So Abhorrent Sirens started off as Abhorrent Faith, actually. Um, I don't know if you've read it yet, Marion, mm-hmm. um, but it was going to be a very small, like, scientist in a room watching what unfolds. But then We Need to Do Something from Max Booth came out. And I thought, like, well, I can't write a couple of people trapped in a room talking book. Uh, like, Max did it, and he did it so damn good. Yeah. So it turned into something else. Um, I knew, is my opinion, that a kaiju story always needs to be an allegory. Uh, and I knew I wanted to do an allegory about the opioid uh, epidemic. Uh, my uncle was uh, taken by it. Um, my wife's mother struggles with it. Like it's very close and personal. Um, and I'm really mad at the government about it mm-hmm. um, because, um, as y'all know, like the answer to the op- opioid pandemic always seems to be like, well, what if we made a different opioid? Yeah, um, which is like, no, how about? How about you just give everyone some weed? Like that won't solve everything. Anything. That won't solve everything, but it will cut down. Yeah. Mm. And you can tax the hell out of it. What a concept. Okay. So um, so I wanted to do that. And I, I started off uh just having it from a human perspective. But every time I wrote Barbara's name, I misspelled it Barabba Rabba. <laughs> and I really, I really didn't like Barbara at first as a character. And I decided to kill her off. And then... Bye, Babs. And then I was like, wait, what if? What's the best part of body horror? It's not the monster. <laughs> It's the terror of knowing you're changing and can't stop it. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I wanted to just go full in on that, that idea, uh, especially because people struggling with addiction, even if they know they're addicted, even if they know they have a problem, they yeah. can't stop it. They no. can't, it can't be defeated alone. No. It's a disease. And yeah. so I wanted to highlight that aspect of addiction as well, because it isn't just that it destroys family. It's not just that it spreads. It's not just that it hurts the economy or the infrastructure or the people who use it. And it's not like the people who use are just monsters and villains that don't have their own internal struggles and hardships right. and all that. Yeah. Right. So I needed to kind of explore every aspect of um, addiction within Abhorrent Siren. I love that. Uh, uh, by, and I gotta say, I was so proud of the name Abhorrent Siren uh, because allotals are part of the siren family yes. and opiates are a siren and it's all abhorrent. Yes. But I had so many people like, why don't you just call it like heroin kaiju or something? <laughs> like, I'm sorry my title was too smart for you. Yeah, right. Because sorry, that's you gotta a look trash it up. idea. <laughs> how, about, how about because your thoughts are garbage and I'm John fucking Baldisberger. How about you? How about you just call it smack lizards? Okay, I do, need, I do need to write smack lizards. Now. That's I 
better get an acknowledgement because nope, absolutely is. not. I'm gonna say I came <laughs> up with it. Right. I'm gonna say I came up with the wall smoking peyote. <laughs> There's no proof. I had otherwise. this vision of Marion, and she was like, "Smack lizards." Uh, so that's that's a boring siren and i love it so i'm going to take over because i want to talk about a porn faith okay um it is march and when i read it last month i believe Mm -hmm. and it's already going to be in my top 10 for 2022 i told you that it's not a secret don't know where just yet but it's in there somewhere (laughs) um it have you ever read the book um incredibly loud or extremely close or something like that i I know what book you're talking about the kid says in it that he gets heavy boots and that means it's it's very heavy and it stays with him and it just it makes you stop and think and this novella foreign faith gave me heavy boots it was emotionally charged I mean you know it's got the crazy sex it's got the you know the blood and the gore but at at its base at its most basic you can tell that there was blood sweat and literal tears that went into this for you and you got that across in such a beautifully impactful way um so I'm fangirling on your book a little bit sorry not sorry um I know a little bit about what went into it but can you tell other people like where it came from where the ideas because there's a lot going on in it there's you know xenophobia there's religious crazy people um and then there's such challenging characters and somebody said it, and I thought it was perfect. It's like 12 angry men, but between two. And yeah, I thought that yeah. was so smart. I was like, damn, I didn't think about that. That was my editor, <laughs> Tim Murphy, who said that. I was like, damn it, Tim, <clears throat> let me have a moment. <laughs> so, Abhorrent Faith, like I said, I wanted to write, I wanted to write a book about a group stuck in a room while this was happening. Because at the at the at the center of all horror is human relationships. Mm-hmm. Um, here's the thing: like people say, oh, like evil religious figures or oh, crazy religious figures, and 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 the the antagonist of the book is clearly based off um Kenneth Copeland, uh, mm-hmm. a Texas. Uh, a Texas uh, televangelist on par with Joel Olstein. Um, just disgusting person. But like that behavior isn't weird. No. That's not odd for me to come across someone that acts that way or or spits that kind of venom. Uh, for anyone who's not uh, Christian, it's very common. Um, I think Uh, so basically what happened is I started writing this book and I wanted to write this book that was kind of in a way going to talk about some Jewish beliefs. And 
I didn't really know how that was going to happen. I thought, well, I thought originally it was going to be this interfaith dinner where they discuss religion as <laughs> the world comes down around them. Mm. But then um, people started hanging swastikas over I-35 in Austin. And when the police were called, they shook the guy's hands and at, <gasps> kindly asked it, like, hey, I appreciate what you're doing, but you gotta, you gotta pack up. What the fuck? People have been posting neo-Nazi literature on campus over at Texas State University, just 30 oh, miles God. south of here. No. And on Halloween um, 2021, a young man, a student at Texas State, poured gasoline on our antique doors of our synagogue and lit the match. Um, it cost about two and a, or a quarter million dollars in damages before someone spotted it and called the fire department. Oh my god. Oh. And I'm mad. I'm so angry. Oh and, yeah. And and here's the thing, like it's not new. No. I've I've been jumped by by these people. And every time I talk about like whenever I sell Stabberger at a con, whenever I talk about this stuff, I get fucking people say shit like, well, you know, I'm 43 and I've only seen like one skinhead. It's like okay, but are you a white Christian dude? Because if you're a white Christian dude, the skinheads and Nazis don't feel a need to let you know they hate you. If you're Jewish, if you're gay, if you're a person of color, they come out the fucking woodworks and they let you know how much you're not a human being. I live in central Pennsylvania, York, York, Pennsylvania, York County has an incredibly visible community of skinheads. And like they would torment. I had friends who went to like the high schools in York. They would torment like the teenagers in high school are being recruited as skinheads, and they yeah. torment other kids. Like it's unbelievable, fucking yeah. unbelievable. So I wanted to write a book that I said this online the other day. I said people people often think that the anti-Semitism in my books is either fictional or dramatized or old. I got, uh, I want to say 25 messages and responses to that from Nazis and skinheads. Um, <laughs> it's not, it, it happens on the daily. And I wanted to write a book that shined a light on that. And, and, shined a light on the fact that um you know the the books that we hold as holy as religious people they are written by men they're written by men like literally men with agendas and propaganda Mm -hmm. and if you don't you know shining light specifically on the christian bible um you know first first you have to go through the fact that all there are all these translations Second, you have to go through the fact that um, King James, kind of an evil bastard. Like, not even kind of, like, just straight up an evil bastard. Do you remember that quote from uh, Master Shake and Aqua Teen Hunger Force when they're talking about the Bible? How dare you question (laughs) the all-powerful Jimmy? (laughs) (laughs) I think of it every fucking time. (laughs) (laughs) But even... Even before that, you have to remember that uh, Paul, Paul of Sarsis wrote the Bible and he wanted the Romans to like him 
And the Romans hated, hated the Jews. And so the best people to vilify in the Christian Bible to get the Romans on board were the Jewish people. Mm-hmm. Um, for instance, Pontius Pilate, and I talked some of this in the book, Pontius Pilate uh, is painted as this kind, like, I don't want to actually kill him. Can we let him go? Let me let me free him. Please let me, let me do anything to spare these people. Pontius Pilate was recalled to Rome for being too murder happy with the slaves. Mm-hmm. He was he was recalled to Rome because he paved the roads with crucifixes. He loved murdering people. Oh, yeah. There was no chance in any reality where he would have been like, I want to spare someone. Uh-huh. It'd be more like, okay, do you really want me to, to crucify this person? Yes. Well, then I'll crucify you all. And I'm not saying, I, I'm not saying, I, I don't believe that um, Jesus of Nazareth was the Messiah. That's not my belief. I'm not saying that the belief that he is the Messiah is wrong, but I am saying the holy book has a lot of pointed propaganda that is anti-Jewish. And uh, more than that, the analysis of the book has a very anti-Jewish historical slant. You've been a pioneer as far as bringing Jewish faith and theology, even the mysticism of the faith, to indie horror. Uh, you're basically the father now of the subgenre Jewish speculative fiction. Uh, what? So we've kind of talked about this a little bit, but what motivated you to start that journey and well, to there's really no... follow this path? Jewish mythology is baller. Like, there's is! so much, there's so much cool shit. But whenever you talk to someone about it, they're like, oh, the golem. But there's so much more. And uh-huh. so much more I want to like introduce people to. And so I always like I always just like, well, what if I turn this Jewish? Um and it's fun. But it's also really hard. Uh, a big chunk of the Jewish literary world is holocaust studies Mm -hmm. and holocaust fiction uh and the only jewish literary world outside of the jewish people is people writing about the holocaust and golems and so if if there's a jew in a book that's not by a jew there will be a golem uh and they'll likely be about the holocaust and often there will be some romanticization like um the uh a Jewish prisoner at Auschwitz will fall in love with a Nazi guard and you'll see his humanity. Whereas I, as a Jewish man, say, no, fuck that. They have no humanity. They're not humans. Nazis aren't men or women. They're scum. Um, I, I, I don't know why people keep conflating me with Stabberger. <laughs> but they do. Uh, my wife and child do, especially. <laughs> love him <laughs> um, the, the truth is the truth is is that um the jewish faith and people have been around for like six thousand years mm-hmm. and the fact that the majority of the literary world revolves around like the worst not even the worst it's like a bad section 60 year section of that history and mythology and folklore is a crime 
and so I, I really wanted to address that. I try not to just write about anti-Semitism because I don't want that to be the focus of Jewish literary works. But I've also noticed that people just don't realize that anti-Semitism exists. They think it's a non-issue. And so abhorrent faith is like trying to address it, is trying to address it and trying to be like, this exists today and it's normalized. Uh, But at the same time, like, yeah, I just, Jewish stuff is cool. Uh, I wrote an essay about it a while back. Uh, One of the things that makes it cool is it's familiar enough to feel familiar, but different enough to feel slightly alien, which is a wonderful uncanny valley for horror. And so if you've read Blood and Mud, the the picture is up there above my uh, closet. If you read Blood and Mud, uh, I use Hebrew spelling for the angels' names. And like people know, but people know Satan and Michael and Raphael and Enoch, but they don't know them from the Jewish perspective. Mm-hmm. And so doing that just kind of creates this really wonderful space for storytelling. In War of Dictates, um, I had a friend message me every few pages like, okay, did you make this up or is this from like Jewish folklore? <laughs> <laughs> generally it was from jewish folklore yeah (laughs) do you this isn't one of my questions but do you have any like suggestions for books that aren't romanticizing the holocaust and talking about the golem do you have any like that you would suggest because stuff like that interests me because i really know nothing about the jewish faith and i actually looked some stuff up because of abhorrent faith and i was just blown away so in the back of abhorrent faith there's a bibliography Mm -hmm. uh that mostly addresses like a jewish perspective on these things though it's very pointed um and you know it can sometimes be um aggressive towards christianity specifically uh that said if you haven't read the jew in the lotus by uh, roger kamenitz it's a story about a bunch of Jewish rabbis going to meet the Dalai Lama and Ooh. trade mystical knowledge and like philosophy. Oh, interesting. Uh, and Roger Kamenetz is a fantastic author. So I highly recommend that. Uh, there is a huge um, uh, bridge between uh, Zen Buddhism and Jewish mysticism. Mm-hmm. They're very similar. I'm taking notes. I'm yeah, not ignoring you. I'm, I'm taking notes very quickly. <laughs> we do this. We do this. <laughs> like if you see me like, looking oh, off, yeah. that's no, no, I it's do. fine. It's fine. Right. It's fine. Uh huh. More books to read. All right. Beautiful. Yeah. I'm just add that to the list. That's interesting because my husband is very into Buddhism. Oh yeah, yeah. Buddhist stuff all over the house. Um, I am not, um, <laughs> but, but you know what? He gets to practice what he does. I do what I do. You know, we're, oh, yeah. we're very open here. It's the way it should be. Um, for sure. For sure. You know, and that, that would be really interesting. Cause he's always like 
blabbing at me about Buddhism and I'm like dude I, I, I don't know what you're talking about but you can keep talking <laughs> because you're cute and I like your voice right yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty sure do you know how often my wife has heard me talk about space marines <laughs> Uh, I actually so, know what that is because I am mine so, that too. I am so lucky I'm pretty. <laughs> so lucky. My, I'm pretty. Mine is too. Mine is too. Let me tell you. So speaking of space marines, because that I, I'm right with it's Warhammer, right? Yeah, Warhammer? yeah, yeah. Okay, good. Because I was like, am I right in this? But I think that's the one he picked too. Because he had like, I think he still has like figurines or something. Sure. And he's like, I'm just going to put these up for the kids. And I'm like, I don't want those, but you know, whatever. Maybe our kids will. I don't know. But you, as an offshoot of Madness Heart Press, you yes. have the new one. Um, hold on, my notes. You have uh, Madness Heart Games coming. And it's yes. a... I learned what TTRPG was because of you, because I'm like, what the fuck is that? You're welcome. I I Googled, I Googled it because I'm like, I got to be one of the cool kids. No, Um, no, there's nothing cool (laughs) happening here, but it is fun. It is is fun, but not cool. Don't worry. Don't worry about that. What else do you have up your sleeve? Can you talk a little bit about the game? Yeah, I can, I can blow your mind a little bit. Do it. Uh, I'm ready. Did you see Drew Stepik's post about the godless anniversary happening next week? Uh-huh, yes. We're very excited, yep. Lots of stuff being announced. Mm-hmm. Including godless worlds. <gasps> Shut up, wait, what? Godless I'm- worlds uh-huh. is a gaming, a game vertical where games will be sold on godless. Oh, oh, oh! Like like tabletop games or like just RPGs? RP- or- stuff <gasps> stuff that you can buy. My husband's a game master and a LARPer. <laughs> RPG, RPG stuff. So mostly RPG stuff, but also print and play stuff. Okay, so, so explain print and play to me. So print and play, like you might have a card game. Uh, 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 Cards Against Humanity. Yes! Okay, okay. Started okay. as a print and play game where you would just download their stuff print it cut it up and start playing okay okay cool so that sort of thing and our stuff that you can play using either a book or you can print it yourself oh my god i'm so excited um, this is exciting <clears throat> news oh my god. Drew, drew and i have been talking about launching this uh probably since we met um so madness heart games is launching first numinous brutality yep. which is a tabletop role-playing game about demigods who have to eat each other and murder each other oh to gosh, survive yes, and grow yes. more powerful. Yes. Uh, there's rules in it that uh, that I want the player to feel a little bit like it's Dynasty Warriors. Like, so they'll be able to just like carve through armies. Okay, okay. It's going to be, it's, it's, it's set at an epic scale. In this game, can I kill and eat Zach Baggins? Uh, you're required to. <gasps> okay, okay. <laughs> I'm in. That's how you winch. No one knows. So, uh, so that's going to be that's going to come out. The abridged rules and an adventure module is coming out on the fifteenth next week. That is amazing. That is so cool. I'm gonna wait for her to finish finish whatever she's saying there because uh, she wants to hear this next part. 
Oh god. Oh, oh gosh. I wonder what's happening. while she while she's yakking. Um, I want to talk about this one too. Because yeah, boundaries, boundaries. Yes, I want to talk about that too. Boundaries. Okay, so that was boundaries is super fun. It is boundaries. Did I tell you how I came up with boundaries? Because no. that's amazing. A guy came up to our booth in San Antonio and he's like, Well, what book would you recommend? And I said, that, Well, sir. That checks out. That, checks that depends out. on what your boundaries are in reading. And he says, Well, I've been watching uh slasher movies since I was 10. I don't have any boundaries. <laughs> sir, yes, you do. I don't you just, think you understand. You haven't found them yet. So here's <laughs> here is check extreme. You read this and you come back to me and you tell me what new boundaries you found. <laughs> and on the way on the way home, my wife and I just just chatted and talked about how fun it would be to have a journal that you could keep where you could write down your boundaries and new kinks and take notes. And, and we started working on that as soon as we got home from that show. But now that you're back, next month, next month, we will be releasing the Godless League TTRPG. Nice. Okay, that kind of oh, sh- that kind of leads into my whole thing about. Um, I wanted to ask you about John Staberger's gift of making knives out of his body and how yeah. I myself would be able to obtain this ability. Oh my god, this is like I can't I can't tell you because it's, it's amazing. Uh, they go into it in uh, issue three and issue four of Stabberger. Okay. You just have to read it. I'm sorry. So the instructional manual is coming. <laughs> it's, it's there. It's there. I'm so ready. For, I will tell you that the, God, the, the Godless League game is broken. It's stupid. Uh, it's over the top. It is not designed for like long campaigns where you like grow as people. So basically you guys made it for me. Yeah, it's designed so you like get in there and you are as ridiculous as possible and you have fun and then you're done. I'm sorry, is it called the Marion game? Because it's checking all the boxes of Marion. (laughs) (laughs) It's going to be like 12 pages long. It's going to be short. (laughs) I'm ready. (laughs) Because I've, I've never like cards against humanity or anything like i've never played any of those uh-huh. so this will be I'm, I'm not a cool kid i never i never there's played, nothing cool about know? being a, yeah, a no. tabletop role-playing gamer yeah i feel like that's like like the cool geeks do that nope i'm I'll, i'm over in the nerd section it's all losers all the time baby <laughs> that's, that's like, join us that's like, christina all my <laughs> Are all role playing games? Yeah, you and my husband, you and my husband would get along swimmingly because the third bookcase or the middle bookcase right here—that's his bookcase. Yeah. Oh yeah, we also have several bookshelves full of RPG guides. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, they're fun. They're fun. So this is for them. It's the the plan is like, look, I want to get these games out to gamers obviously i want them in stores i want them to grow i want them to flourish there's a lot of fucking nerds in the horror community yeah and there is and i think it's an untapped market uh to do kind of splatter punk games 
so that's what we're doing uh and we'll see uh we're going that's to exciting be, we're going to be accepting pitches for games um and working with people to design new games and i don't know i get probably won't be a monthly release because these are a lot of work but um we'll we will work on getting stuff out semi-regularly and we'll hopefully do some game jams as well. I'll talk to Joe about that. Yes, I'm ready. What is, what is a, that? See, a game, have, a game I need, jam. I need all definitions. A game <laughs> jam is when a bunch of writers and designers get together and try to make content for games or games from scratch in like 24 hours or 12 hours. It's insane, but some really cool shit comes out of them. Can right, I make so, a request? Can I? Yes. Can I? Can I put a request in? Can we do online Zoom meetups where we, we play? Yeah. Like where we all join in and do like Zoom yeah. games? Especially, especially once Numinous Brutality and the Goddess League RPG come out. It'd I'm be great so to be in. able to do some like live play sessions. So people oh my can- God, hell yeah. yeah. Uh, I, have a, I have a podcast uh, that I do on Twitch and also gets posted to YouTube. We uh, talked about that, yeah. In which I, I play, get, like, we play and test run games. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, we love to be able to do those more often. Uh, it hasn't posted yet. I think it posts next week. I ran Max Booth through his first role-playing game. Oh, my God. And it's, like, Max Booth is one of the funniest people out there, so it's amazing. Oh, my God. You know, you could even do a Godless League uh, campaign podcast like the same way the McElroy brothers do the adventure ah. zone you know like we, we <sighs> well, I might like, have to cut this all out and post so nobody else gets ideas but we could do that I gotta tell you I just got a message from my editor uh who's editing the third book in the uh book of Zeb series this person really really John well fuck my weekend <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful. Uh, I guess you did not like the twist in that book. <laughs> <laughs> well, while Oopsie. we let you respond to that one, we're going to take a quick break and we are going to give all of our love to Drew Stepic and your beautiful baby godless. And we will be right back. Bye-bye. <laughs> Hey kids, looking for a way to affordably access the best and wildest independent extreme horror currently in existence? Godless Horrors is the place to be. Go to www.godless.com to gain access to thousands of extreme horror and splatterpunk books from the genre's best and brightest independent authors. Godless Horrors offers every title in their catalog in a variety of formats to ensure compatibility with your favorite digital reading device. Strapped for cash? No worries. Godless has a fantastic collection of free titles ready for instant download, with other titles in their collection rarely exceeding $3 to $4. Again, go to www.godless.com or download the app and tell them what the fuck you're looking for. Come join the godless tribe today. Forever delightfully deviant. Forever godless. 
sorry sorry screw your brother-in-law he's so fancy he's so fancy with his little phd you know who's fancy john baltisberger he is fancy look john fucking baltisberger have you seen the movie dom man i've ever met there's a movie called dom hemingway and it's amazing and everyone should watch it dom dom hemingway yeah it's not a horror movie I don't uh, care. <laughs> it's, kind of, it's kind of a crime movie, but uh, the character's name is Dom Hemingway, and at one point he has a monologue, and at the end he goes, "Because I'm Dom fucking Hemingway." It's a beautiful, <laughs> beautiful moment. Well, my friend, guess what? It is time for the rapid fire for questions. Okay. Yep. Four questions, four answers, zero time to think about it. If you get the wrong answer, um, I don't know what will. Oh, I'll, I'll put you back in your Dybbuk box. <laughs> there you go. For every, for every, for every time, for every, hey, for every minute I spend back in that box, I will take one of Morrison's fingers. Yeah, he only has fucking time. Care. So, so watch yourself. I don't fucking care. You can take all of his toes too i do what i want i'll take all 11 digits i, <laughs> I ain't we'll never gonna see him in real life ever. anyway chandler I, lo- chandler I love you and i will not i will not hurt you so long as no one puts me back in the box right so i the feel like you're giving that- them plenty of you know opportunity to not put you back yeah. in the box yeah i yeah. appreciate i appreciate you being so like hey heads up just in case this happens and i appreciate that about you yeah, yeah i, I, I mean, try to be a I, fair trying to be a fair dybbuk i lo- i love chandler morrison like he's a cool dude he's a a, a nice new I mean, he's friend okay, to yeah. have um but yeah honestly you can take any digit you want because i am a selfish bitch i don't care <laughs> See, and the reason why i'm not like oh god no because he can do speak to text so he can still write books. I'm so, considering right? the tongue. And if you really want to threaten me, demon, right you really want to come at me, demon man, yeah. then you're going to be like, for every minute I spend in that Dybbuk box, Zach Baggins. <laughs> Zach Baggins is your best friend. Gets gets ten more live specials on the Discovery every time. Channel. Every time, for every minute I spend in that box, I will chance form another of your loved ones into Zach Baggins. That's Dare you are. Okay. This is time for me to go. Don't Uh, ever fucking make suggestions to the demon on how to torture you. this. Blow this. How very you. All right. Ask him a question. Do I don't this. remember. All right, let's go. I feel I don't even know where to start. Oh, jeez. <laughs> um, which of your characters do you identify with the most and why? Oh, um, probably Zev. Um, Zev is the exorcist in the Book of Zev series. I work really hard to not make him a Mary Sue uh character because I hate Mary Sue's, but he uh you know, he grew up in the same place as I grew up. A lot of his childhood is my childhood. Oh, interesting. Um, and I, he's very down to earth. We don't agree on everything, obviously. And he's he's older and grumpier and 
very different than I am, but at the same time, like uh, philosophy wise, he, he thinks a lot of the thoughts I have and I use him as a springboard for internal monologues a lot. Excellent. Interesting. So is there any other literary genre you would be interested in trying? I mean, don't I do enough? Um, I write. Because no. I, I write, <laughs> again, I write splatterpunk, bizarro, uh, urban fantasy, nonfiction, journalism, um, science fiction, which that book's not out yet. My Western's not out yet. Like, the, and I'm not, I'm not going to do romance. I was just going to say, so where, where's the romance, <clears throat> I'm bad at, uh, My romance is, there's some, like, there's some romance in Abhorrent Faith. There's some romance in, uh, in my Splatter Western. There's some romance in uh, my sci-fi. Uh, I, I, I don't like romance as a genre. I like romance as an ingredient. Yeah. Interesting. We'll just about biography. I am actually currently writing a fictionalized psychedelic bi- autobiography. <gasps> it is the, the psychedelic in, autobiography. Just like the made work, my brain go on fire. The work in progress title is "All I Want to Do Is Eat Shrooms and Watch the Color of Nazi Screams." <laughs> I love it. Uh, my kid has officially lost her mind. So that happens. You're gonna probably hear her scream and maybe call me a fuck ass. I don't know. We'll see where it goes. We'll see where it goes. You know. It's your turn, Christina. <laughs> I know. Um, what is your favorite story you have written? Oh man, um my favorite story I've written might be abhorrent siren. Uh I think I think I really nailed the social commentary in that. Yeah. I really think I nailed the uh the uh the horror of the 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 changing thoughts and being aware of it i think i just like i hate to pat myself on the back but i think i did a good job with that book um did. i have a short story i have a short story called training video number two and another one called the penitent and neither have ever been accepted anywhere but i think they're really good <laughs> uh can you send us a secret document yeah i can do that <gasps> yeah. Because I'll, I'll probably I'll probably eventually release them to Godless, maybe, Yay! but or build them into bigger books. But yeah, I have a lot. You know, the truth is, is that my favorite thing I've written is the last thing I wrote. So a lot of authors say that. Yeah, it's That's because you get you get excited about it, and you're and you get while you're writing it, you're like, "This is shit. This is shit. This is shit. This is shit." <laughs> and then you finish, and you're like, "You know what? I'm pretty good at this." <laughs> I, you know what? I'm pretty I, good at writing shit. There is a reason. Oh, I just got. Uh, I just got the first edit uh, pass of Book of Zev three. Yay! Nice. Me. Yeah. So that is coming out in August. Well, Let's John, see. if you could co-author with anybody, living or dead, who would who would it be? Edward Lee. Um, and why haven't you? Uh, he is very busy. Look, there's a lot of oh, authors I want to work with. Um, I've worked, I've only worked with one author uh, c- collaboratively uh, as far as like writing a book with. Uh, I'm going to have to write a book with uh, Lucy Leitner and Drew Stepik fairly soon because uh, we're going to do a like super special Godless League where the three heroes meet up. Yes! 
but um oh and okay this is i guess this is an announcement uh coming coming soonish is a collaborative effort between myself and the professor (gasps) shut your fucking mouth you Filthy son of a bitch. That's oh my all, god. That's, that's all I'm gonna tell you about it. Man, I tell you what, that professor guy, he's a hip and happening dude, right? He now. Is, Let me tell he you. Is, he is. Um I initially messaged him to say, like, oh hey, I was thinking about doing uh, a verse thing. Mm-hmm. Because he, <gasps> he just did his first thing. And his oh, response was, "Well, are you still working?" Genius. His first, his question was like, "Oh, well, are you still working on the unclean verses?" Um, and I was like, "Yeah, I guess I should probably finish that actually." Uh, and he's like, "Yeah, anytime, anytime. I'd love to work with you." And I was like, "Would you?" <laughs> and so we've we've been talking, and uh, we have uh, we have an idea. We fleshed it out. Um, got the green light from the publisher, so. Uh, we're gonna move ahead with it. Oh probably God. that's genius. That's probably genius. in April or May. Okay, so way, soon. It's a ways off, but it's like when you're Not, me, right. when you're John, like everything is very like I th- I think of terms of weeks at this point. Yeah, because like once a po- once my editor Lisa gets me a manuscript back, it's like okay, get this and lay out, get a cover get it out yeah so yeah that yeah i don't i don't know exactly awesome. when but we're going to get that out um and that's that's kind of my collaboration fix right now oh that's great well you have survived the test of the rapid rapid fire four congratulations i will not be putting you back in the divic box today even bigger congratulations to me for avoiding having every person in my life that i love turned into zach fucking baggins (laughs) bro bro (laughs) just randomly i'm possessed i'm possessed bro god i'll (laughs) you know his abs are tattooed on I, this doesn't surprise me in the slightest. It really doesn't. Well, you know what? We really, really appreciate you spending time with us and, and dealing with our ridiculosity today. Well, Marion's mostly. Uh, well, I mean, that's what makes us charming. <laughs> is that the word they're using now? That is. It is. It's code. <laughs> it is. Rearrange the letters. John, if people would like to contact you, are you comfortable with that for one? And if yes, where's the best place for them to do that? So first of all, I have a website, www.kaijupoet.com. It's where you can find all of the books I've written, all the stories I've written, like links to everything. Um, So first there, like just check that out, please. Uh, You can also order books for me personally that I can sign and send to you. If you live in the continental United States, sorry. <laughs> Shipping's uh, a bitch right now. We is, all we all know it. it. Is. Um, and if you want to get in touch with me, I'm on Twitter at Kaiju Poet. That's the easiest way to get a hold of me. He's also on Tiki Talkies at I Kaiju am. Poet and the Instagrams. Ah, don't, don't. 
contact me through Instagram. Madness Heart Press has a has a uh, a presence on Instagram, but like I don't. <laughs> like, I don't. Occasionally, someone will send me a message, and it's like, okay, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not opening the app, so <laughs> whatever, I guess. Get to you when I get to you. <laughs> well, for more information on John Baltusberger's full bibliography, please refer to today's show notes or come join us on the Mothers of Mayhem official Facebook group. I believe you are also a member of that group as well. So they can- Probably. Probably. You are. <laughs> you are. You're, you're good. Yeah. You are. All right, cool. <laughs> you're good. You're good. <laughs> You can always find the links to our various social media accounts in our show bio. And as always, you can send your questions, comments, or insults to our email address, momextremepodcast at gmail.com. That's m.o.m.extremepodcast at gmail.com. Do not forget to send your picture, not your pictures, your actual real dildos to christina and if you need her address you just dm me the shipping though no because alaska alaska well no i don't know for like non-books because books are just the same we just send them by media mail if if my pleasure toy is shaped like this yes yes (laughs) it's look it's a stretch. <laughs> they but make those. There's also this. Yeah. This is a yeah. speaker, but again, it, it fits. It does. You get the like job. that bus. Yeah. You get that bass. Yeah. Base. yeah. Yes. So hmm. I, I'll send them both. Um, oh, I appreciate perfect. you, John. Yeah. Good. The shipping is going to be insane. Now, if you would just send me like a book of pictures of that, no. Then that's going to cost you like no. $350. That's no, only I'm sending, cost you I'm sending the things. Um, I have uh, I have Drew's uh, FedEx account number, so it'll be fine. Oh yeah, oh, perfect. perfect. Yeah, then this you're all good. works you're out good. so well. Make Drew pay for it. What this else is he doing? You know? Yeah. What yeah, else? What else good. has he paid for? And <laughs> with blood, sweat, tears, and money. Right. Right. <laughs> well, thank y'all for having me. I appreciate it. Oh yes. Oh, we are so glad you did this. We really, we had a great time with you. One last one more thank plug. you. Oh, wait, go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to do one more plug. Um, some of your books are on Audible. Yeah. Some of, them are, some of them are like under $10. And I, I think, think all of them are. Two, I think two are under five if you're a yeah. member. And just so everyone knows, Abhorrent Siren is narrated by John Wayne Cominelli. I'm just saying, I happened to be perusing and i'm like who's this john wayne kamanali guy and i was like i guess i'll give him a listen he's excellent obviously sean sean deregger who narrates blood and mud is also yes. excellent he uh, does guy- extension peak yeah yeah. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah yeah he is he is lucas's narrator of choice he's also done splatter westerns i think he did uh the magpie coffin mm-hmm. uh i don't know i can't remember the guy the name of the guy who narrated uh my poetry book but i think he does an excellent job so just yes. got that one a couple days ago. I don't remember seeing the name. Yeah, I don't remember. Either. He's he's very good though. But no, you are on Audible because I picked them all up. Thank you. I was, <laughs> wondering, why my, I was wondering why my author rank jumped on that. Um, You're welcome. <laughs> well, thank my you husband so and his money. <laughs> oh, it was our pleasure. 
As always, we always want to give a huge thank you to singer songwriter Amigo the Devil for allowing us to use his song Hungover in Jonestown as our theme. I told you on the last episode you need to be listening to him, and I will tell you on every episode that comes in the future. If you're a, an extreme horror fan, like you all know what you're missing, this dude is where it's at. And until next time, go raise some hell, children. Make your book mommies proud. <gasps> bye. Bye. Bye, 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 bye. Life is a joke. And death is the punchline. Oh, la, 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 la.